Well, good morning. Uh, it's good to, to virtually be with you in your, in your living room or wherever you're watching this video. And we are going to get right back into the book of 1 Peter. We're going to be in 1 Peter chapter 4, uh, looking at verses 8 to 11 this morning. And we have seen so far that as followers of Jesus, uh, verses 1 through 6 show us that we have to be resolved to follow Christ uh, no matter what, no matter what difficulty or suffering we encounter. Uh, but not only that, not only have, do we have to be mentally resolved to follow Jesus, uh, Peter goes on in verses 7 through 11 and shows us that we have to be actively engaged as Christians in the mission of God in this world. We want to be joining what God is doing in this world for his glory. And we saw last week that we begin by joining God on mission through focused prayer. Uh, this is pr uh, prayer that, that is focused in, in what God is doing, uh, desirous to, to be used by God in this world, uh, both individually and, and together corporately as a church. And In fact, verse 7 says, uh, the end of all things is at hand, therefore be self-controlled and sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. And this morning, I just want to, uh, to talk to you as we study God's word together, looking at verses 8 to 11, that Peter further describes what active engagement in the mission of God in this world looks like. And he talks about our love, and he talks about our use of spiritual gifts. And, and the context in which Peter is saying that we are to be people of prayer, that we are to be people of love, and that we are to be using our spiritual gifts is in the context of the local church that God has placed us. In other words, we cannot carry out God's mission apart from one another. We, are, we carry out the mission that God has for us together. And of course, we do that, first of all, as the church gathered. We are in each other's lives. We are together. We worship together. But we also do this as the church scattered, that we are still in contact with one another. We are still seeking accountability, seeking uh, the encouragement, the edification of one another. But we also carry out God's mission, not only together, but when we're scattered. And that's kind of where we're at right now in this season of life in our world, is that we are the church scattered. The very reason we're having to do these videos um, is because we're scattered. We can't join together. But God's mission is still accomplished by his people throughout the world as we are scattered yet united together in spirit. And this morning we're going to see from these verses how God desires to use us and what is our part to play amongst one another as we carry out God's mission in this world. Our, our theme for our series, uh, you'll see it on the screen, we are called to faithful perseverance and mission in light of our identity as the people of God. Because of our union with Jesus, we are a part of God's people, and therefore we faithfully persevere 
We serve God in this world as exiles. So let's pray together, and we're going to look this morning at what it means, what life in the church body means through our love and our spiritual gifts. Let's pray. Lord, I just pray this morning that as we worship together as families, Lord, we are apart physically, yet, Lord, we are united in spirit. And, Lord, I just pray that you would work in our hearts. Lord, deepen our love for you, deepen our love for one another as we're apart. And, God, I just pray that we would join you in what you are seeking to accomplish in this world. In Jesus' name, amen. So we are to be actively engaged in the mission of God in this world. And what does that look like, first of all, in the life of the church body? We see in verses 8 to uh, the beginning of verse 11, what we are to be doing as a church body. You see, God has called us to be connected with other Christians. Uh, though we're sojourners, though we're exiles in this world, we're not to be strangers among God's people. We're not to be strangers or exiles with one another. We are the family of God. And faithful perseverance, faithful mission, it doesn't happen apart from the church body. And we're going to see that Peter places a high priority on living in biblical community and serving one another as a means to living missionally in these last days. We, we need one another. None of us are called to live the Christian life on an island by ourselves. Yes, we have a relationship with God, but we also have a relationship with one another, and God works through his people. So what does that look like as a church family? What does that look like as a local church body? Well, verses 8 and 9 show us what our relationship to one another is to look like. Look at verse 8 in your Bibles. It says, above all, keep loving one another earnestly since love covers a multitude of sins. Uh, we see in verse 8 the importance of love amongst God's people. Uh, Peter says here, above all. In other words, love is the glue that holds the family of God together. This is of utmost importance. Above all, Peter says, keep loving one another earnestly. See, not only the importance of love, but the constancy of love. Keep loving one, or one another earnestly. In other words, this love that we're to have for each other, it's to be constant. This love knows no end. It's patient. It's persevering. It's long-suffering. It's gentle. It's kind. It's a love that perseveres. Why? Because it's deeply rooted in the gospel. That's what Peter's been showing us throughout this whole epistle. That if we are connected to the gospel of Jesus Christ, the gospel which is the seed that has given us new birth, he's called us to love. To love one another. And what's the temptation here? 
The temptation in the context of the book of 1 Peter is that these Christians were enduring hardship. They were enduring pressure. And if there's ever a temptation to not love others, it's in the face of difficulty and hardship. I think we can see that in our world today. In the midst of panic, of this pandemic, that the temptation can be, I'm going to be looking out for myself and no one else. That's one of the reasons why sometimes toilet paper and meat and supplies are hard to find. Because uh, there's a temptation to hoard, to keep for yourself, to be, to be self-focused. And this temptation is true of Christians as well. But in the midst of difficulty and hardship that these Christians were, were undergoing, Peter says, listen, above all, keep loving one another. Don't let love slip away or fade to the back burner. But notice he also gives a reason why this love is to be constant. He says at the end of verse 8, since love covers a multitude of sins. You see, the type of love that Christ calls us to is a love that is willing to overlook offense. What the Bible's not talking about is it's not talking about simply ignoring sin. No, Christ calls us as a church to be a pure church, to hold one another accountable, to not let sin slide. That's not what, what this verse is talking about. What it's talking about is we as Christians need to be willing to overlook offenses that may, that it may infringe upon our sense of well-being. That we are quick to offer forgiveness, even when it's not zealously sought after. People may rub us the wrong way, or, or uh, there might be little offenses, but are we willing to overlook them because we are showing the love of Christ? Peter here is quoting from Proverbs 10 and verse 12, where it says, Hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all offenses. How are you showing love? We're not able to be together as a church body, but did you know the opportunities to show love to the fellow uh, members in this church body are still great? Sending out a text, a phone call, asking, how are you doing? Do you have the supplies you need? Can I pray with you? Uh, can I, uh, are there any, is there any way that I can help you? Can, can I encourage you with a verse of scripture? All of those things are ways we can show love as a church body. You know, the reason why Peter has to remind us that love covers a multitude of sins is because offenses don't just come from outside in the world, offenses come from within the church body as well. And if we cannot love our brothers and sisters, though we may have different personalities and different perspectives, and we may uh, become offended at times, if we cannot love our brothers and sisters in our church body well, how are we going to love the world the way God calls us to?
So we see our relationship to one another in the outworking of love. But then look at verse 9. Uh, Peter gives us another example of how we can be showing love. He says, show hospitality to one another without grumbling. This uh, command, this expression, it, it's common uh, throughout the, the New Testament to show hospitality. But what makes this uh, command unique in the book of 1 Peter is that the very context in that Peter's writing is the context of exile and oppression. It's a hostile setting. These Christians were, were enduring persecution and hardship in the world. And in the midst of this hardship, there was a great need for hospitality. People were, were, were kind of cast off from society. And they would need an open door of love amidst their brothers and sisters in Christ. They were to open their doors, in other words, to those who were without. And, and what Peter's saying here is, while we as Christians may not find a home in this world, we should be able to find one amongst our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. I like what... Uh, Commentator Karen Job says, she says, the church is to be that alternate society where Christians find a place when shunned by unbelievers who live by different values. In a hostile world, the church is to be a place of safety and well-being for its members, a place where common beliefs unite more than differences divide. The Christian community is a colony of the holy nation of God amidst the nations of this world. That's the type of hospitality that we are to show one another as Christians. And again, while we're in the midst of kind of a, uh, an isolation phase um, that our country, that our state is calling for, we may not be able to open our doors, literally our homes, and invite people in but we can show the love of hospitality by reaching out to those in our church community. By reaching out, by showing love. So if we're going to be actively engaged in the mission of God in this world, Peter tells us in verse 7, we've got to be a people of prayer. Peter tells us in verses 8 and 9, we've got to be a people of love. But we also see in verses 10 and 11, not only our love for one another, but our service to one another. God has given each of us a place in his body. And we show the very love that Peter's uh, calling us to in verse 8 and 9, also through our service to one another. Verse 10 says, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Love through service. A few things there in verse 10 that are of interest. Uh, Peter says, as each has received a gift. Just like Paul says in Romans 12, verses 6 to 8, and 1 Corinthians 12, that every Christian is given a unique gift to serve the body. There's no one that's left out as each one has received a gift. 
And we're stewards of what God's given us. In verse 10, it says, as good stewards of God's varied grace, we're to use our gifts to serve one another. In other words, God has entrusted to us a gift. What's the purpose of that gift? The purpose of that gift is to equip and to build up the church body. It could be that you may think, and we'll talk about this in verse 11, that your gift maybe isn't as important as, important as the next person's gift, but that is not what the Bible teaches. Everybody is wired by God to build up, to contribute to the church body and its mission in this world. And God's grace is showed through how God has equipped each one of us. The verse says at the end of verse 10 uh, that these gifts uh, were stewards of God's varied grace. God shows his graciousness to his people through the way he's wired us. I may not be wired the way you're wired, but yet God shows how he has gifted his body through so many different wirings and personalities and spiritual gifts that together we form one body and so many multifaceted functions. That is how we serve him. We serve him together as God has wired us and gifted us. And then we see in verse 11, the specific gifts of the body. They can really be categorized in two different ways in, uh, of, to refer to speaking gifts and service gifts. Verse 11 says, whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies. We see first that Peter uh, mentions speaking gifts, and he says that the one who speaks is to speak as one who speaks the oracles of God. That's a very important term, the oracles of God. In fact, in Acts 7.38, the term oracles is used to refer to when God gives the Ten Commandments. In Romans 3, verse 2, it says that the Jewish people, they were given the oracles of God. In other words, they were given his teaching, his instruction. The prophets, they declared, thus saith the Lord. They, they declared the oracles of God to the people. And what Peter's saying is that we have the scriptures. And, and if God has gifted you with proclaiming the scriptures of God, we can do so with the confidence of giving the very words of God because we're declaring scripture. What great confidence we can have. What a great responsibility it is, too, that we're not just saying what we think or what we feel or going further than what Scripture says, but we are called to deliver the oracles of God, the Word of God, and we can do that confidently and carefully. But not just the oracles of God, not just speaking gifts, but, but Peter talks about service gifts. He says, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies. You see, there's no category that, well, the speaking gifts are on a higher plane than the service gifts. Verse 11 shows us that both come from God. They're, they're a manifestation of God's grace. 
that if you are, are uh, gifted at declaring scripture, do it with confidence and do it with carefulness that you're declaring God's words, not your own. If you have been gifted to serve the body through whatever means that may be, do it with confidence that it is God who is giving you the opportunities and the strength to serve him. God is the enabler of both categories of gifts. All gifts are, are, are to be performed in complete reliance on the Lord. Did you know that you can use the gifts that God has given you? Those things that God has naturally wired you to have a passion for, even while, for this temporary period of time, were the church scattered. Man, if God has gifted you with, with being able to just uh, to, to declare his word, Boy, there's a lot of people in our church body. There's a lot of people in our community that could use the word of God applied to their life. If God's gifted you to serve. There are individuals in this body. There's individuals in this community that you could serve well. Until we're together again, we can still be exercising our spiritual gifts. And notice at the end of verse 11 where all of this points. It says, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. God receives the glory. How does he receive the glory? We serve through Jesus Christ who has bought us. And as we serve in the name of Jesus Christ, God is glorified. It's exactly the same thing Peter said in chapter 2 and verse 5, that we offer to God spiritual sacrifices, and they're acceptable to him because of Jesus Christ. We can approach God because of Jesus. Jesus is our high priest. We're not perfect. And in, in, in the sacrifices we offer, we're not perfect as we serve one another, uh, but God looks at us through the perfection of Jesus. Isn't that encouraging? And then we read at the, at the end of verse 11, this word of praise, it says, to him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. At the end here, we see that Peter gives the glory to Christ. To him, he just spoke of Jesus Christ, and he says, To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Jesus is the only one who is rightful of eternal glory. He's the only one that has been given eternal dominion to rule as king forever and ever and ever. There may be many kingdoms and many thrones that arise that, that seem to threaten the rightful place of Christ, but all of those other kingdoms crumble beneath the throne of Christ. There's a lot of, of danger. There's a lot of unknowns in this world. There's uh, this, this uh, coronavirus pandemic. It threatens a lot of assurance and certainty but rest assured, at the end of the day, Jesus is still on the throne. He will reign eternally. We can trust him. 
we can serve him in the confidence that he is our king, that our sacrifices, our service to God is acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So let's serve him with confidence, with boldness. Let's love one another well, even in this difficult time. Let us realize that we are called to faithful perseverance and mission in light of our identity as the people of God. Let's pray. Lord, I pray that you would encourage our hearts through this proclamation of the word of God. Lord, thank you for how providentially you have brought us to this point in the book of 1 Peter at this specific time that is so applicable to the things that we are currently going through. Lord, I pray that you would give us a focus of mind, even amidst all of these distractions that are going on in the world around us, Lord. And I pray for our church body. Many have, have been laid off temporarily. Many um, have worries and anxieties. Many have their hands full with the full house, uh, with school being uh, out of session. But Lord, would you just help us to cast those cares upon you. Help us to remain single-mindedly, single-minded that you have given us a calling and a purpose in this specific hour. And help us to be faithful. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, just like we do uh, in our morning service time, I would like us to end just by saying a closing benediction and praise to God and an assurance of what God is doing and has done in our life. And we're going to have this on the screen for you. We're going to say together 2 Peter 1, 3 to 4. Let's say it together as we uh, end this part of our family worship. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. Amen.